hello there. Um, not to sound impatient or ungrateful, um, this is this podcast or this video is my attempt to scale, to uh, efficiently have a conversation uh, that I've had a number of times now, uh, again, uh, in a way that um, I won't have to have it step by step by step by step, one by one by one by one. Uh, in future, um, the questions that I'm hoping to address now, I can hopefully address by sending on a link because I hope that what I'm about to say has a little bit of value for you. So this is a quick chat, um, and it's a quick chat about what I'm up to in my practice. I've called it coffee in a case note, one approach to branding and some suggestions for your practice. So I'm not saying any of this is right, not saying any of this is perfect. All I wanna to do today is to take you behind the curtain of what I'm up to and some of my reasoning behind it. And the reason I want to do that is because I'm often asked about it um, with a view to um, other people wanting to find their own approach. And if my approach can help them find their approach, whoop-de-doo, hooray. <laughs> and hopefully I can do it a little bit more effectively by recording it the way we are now. So um, I sort of wanted to cover five broad issues in this chat. We're gonna talk about lawyers and branding in quite a broad way. Um, we're gonna talk about my goals, what I'm up to, what I'm trying to do. I then want to work through a pretty detailed version of what I get up to, my day-to-day, week-to-week approach. Then I'm going to make a suggestion of what you might like to consider doing, and then I'm going to direct you to some resources because um, I'm sometimes complimented on thinking of something original or creative. This whole project is neither of those things. Um, it is my attempt to distill advice, advice and ideas from other people smarter and better organized than me. So what do I wanna do? I think I've already covered this. Basically, I wanna work through my approach and my reasoning, and I want to allow you to either adopt it wholesale, you can do the whole thing if you want, fine. Um, you can cherry pick little bits from it that you like, or you think will fit neatly into your practice, or you can know your enemy and say, well, I don't like any of that, I'm gonna avoid it all. Whatever you choose to do with it is up to you, hopefully, whichever of those three options it might be, there's, there's some value there for you. Um, and because I gave this presentation in person earlier, there's a note about this being an open forum, please ask questions. I suppose you're welcome to, but um, I'll have some trouble answering <laughs> immediately, but feel free to message me if you'd like. Um, so a bit of a reflection on lawyers and branding. What I say, and I, I hope you agree, is that um, our clients aren't moving online, they've moved. It's happened. Um, our professional lives, just like our social lives, are being lived online, um, at least to a vastly increased extent. And what I say is that if we are to remain relevant in our clients' business lives, we're gonna have to do the same. So regardless of whether you like Instagram, regardless of whether you get TikTok, regardless of whether you listen to podcasts, I say your clients do, or at least some of them do. And uh, if they don't yet, if they are not there yet, then some of your competitors are there as well. So there may be some value in you making your way there. Now this is an idea borrowed slash stolen from um, an authority who, uh, authority named Chris Hargraves. It's this very useful trifecta um, that a lawyer's goal, and I suppose any person's goal who's, who's looking to bring value to people, is to become known, 
Um, so it's pretty tough to send work to someone you don't know if you, if you don't know they exist. Uh, it's to become liked, and liked is a very um, ephemeral thing. People either like you or they don't. But if you are authentic about who you are and your interaction, then the chances of you being liked increases and then disliked by people who don't like that personality, that increases too. But the handy thing is you won't end up talking to them because they'll already know what you're like and they have a different personality that they enjoy more. So you won't even end up having to have that chat with someone you dislike if this, if this uh, mechanism works well. And someone they trust. So trust um, need not necessarily be in the interpersonal sense of um, hanging on to secrets and these sorts of things. More trust um, in the way that the person is trusted to execute um, the skill set, execute what is required of them professionally to a high level. Known, liked, trusted. Chris Hargraves, thank you. So the technology we have available to us today is, is unprecedented. I mean, it's it's pretty magical thing to think that um, what I'm looking at is also my telephone, which is also my television, which is also my radio, which is also my bookcase, which is also et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's also my Rolodex. It's also all these sorts of things. So it's a pretty amazing thing to think that um, we're all walking around with supercomputers in our back pocket and um, what I say is the supercomputer that's in your jacket pocket or on your table or <laughs> on a tripod on your desk um, is um, a key to access um, a different way for you to go about executing your professional strategy. What I say that's particularly valuable for me is that this changed landscape allows you to scale some of the relationships you would have had to previously manage interpersonally um, directly. So um, your quarterly beers with Julie, if Julie's going to be a potential referral source for you um, in the hope that she might become a referral source for you, getting beers with her each quarter, catching up in Feb, catching up in May, catching up in August, catching up in November, etc. Um, that front of mind exercise where you're trying to be front of mind for Julie when, when she has a matter come in and she needs to think of what lawyer to use, I say that that or that CLE presentation you presented to nine people um, who were interested in your niche area of practice and you worked for tens of hours on it and the nine people heard it and thought it was amazing and that's basically the end of the story. I say those efforts um, with the help of the supercomputer in your back pocket or your jacket pocket or wherever it is um, can now be scaled to use that buzzword um, in a way that gets more work from them. So it's a chance to better leverage that time and that effort that you're applying. So what am I up to? What is my goal? Well, basically, I'm trying to build a profitable, sustainable, I guess that's <laughs> two fairly trite adjectives, um, corporate and commercial litigation practice. I want to generate one pretty substantial uh, piece of commercial litigation per year. Uh, and hopefully that's going to run to final hearing and depending on how final hearing goes, perhaps a couple, uh, a couple of steps further down the line from there as well. So hopefully if I have created a machine or a set of relationships that generates one substantial piece of commercial litigation per year, uh, there are also reasonably large and moderate size other pieces of commercial litigation and advice work and you know, chances for ADR and this sorts of thing. Um, that might pop up along the way. 
So what I say is I'm gonna retire at 72, that's in 35 years. I'm 37 now, even though I look about 97, and my apologies for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, I say 35 years more work, 35 more of these substantial matters. And elsewhere I've said that means 35 phone calls. And in my head that 35 phone calls means I wanna be the person, the in my head, the accountant thinks of to say, oh, who am I gonna call about this difficult matter? Aha, uh -huh, I might call James. I want 35 of those, we'll get into that. So the question is, if I want my 35 big, big matters, one per year for 35 years, how am I going to do that um, if my existing client base is not sufficient? My answer to that is I'm building relationships with the trusted advisors of potential litigants, right? So if you are a potential litigant, if you're staring down a big ugly dispute and it is looming, there's every chance you've got a law firm you know, like and trust. And I'm sure they're very, very good and there are lots of great law firms and that's awesome. And so that potential litigant should just go off and instruct that lawyer and that's the right outcome. There are some potential litigants who for whatever reason may not have a firm that they would turn to in that scenario and they may have to do some thinking. They might say, well, things are turning a little bit ugly. Um, how are we going to decide who to instruct? And what I say is that a potential litigant in that scenario might turn to, I find this phrase really useful, but I apologize if I'm misusing it, a trusted advisor. They might say, mm, what lawyer should we use? Who would know a lawyer? Um, and the answer to that is that the potential litigant's financial advisor might know a lawyer. Their management consultants might know a lawyer. Uh, the in-house counsel they use might know a lawyer. The experts they use accountants they use might know a lawyer. And so my goal in this exercise, or one of them, is to bring value to these trusted advisors. So hopefully an accountant or a management consultant or whomever might see one of these videos and they might learn a little bit from it. And I'll work through the mechanics, but in essence, um, I might marginally increase my likelihood of being the lawyer thought of by one of those trusted advisors. So, um, the elevator pitch, <laughs> which, is, which is still a phrase that I find um, awkward, but, but we'll lean into it, but essentially is to become Batman for the accountants of Sydney. If the accountants of Sydney, um, if their clients have problems, I wanna be the person that they think of, that they pick up the phone to, to say, mm, do you know who might be able to help with this one? James might be able to bring some value. But how, we keep coming back to this practicality. How, how are we gonna bring this? How, how does, how does Batman, how does accountancy Batman work, right? Um, this is how this theoretical accountancy Batman works. Um, essentially, this is stealing um, or making use of or taking value from an idea from this amazing guy called Gary Vaynerchuk, who I'm totally obsessed with and we can talk about another time if you would like. But, um, in essence, he has this, um, this mechanism that, that he refers to and is the title of one of his books that I hugely enjoy, probably goes without saying, called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Now, I'm, I'm not a boxer and I know very little about boxing, but my understanding is that you use your jabs, your little ones, to maneuver someone into a position and you use your right hooks, if you're right-handed, as your big ones to try to really land something, to try to really progress your interests in the boxing match. So he uses that as a metaphor to say, give, 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 ask. 
So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to give. I'm going to try to be non-transactional and just push out valuable stuff into the market. And from time to time, I might ask. So having give, 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 from time to time, I might take a moment to say, oh, does anyone know, quite literally, does anyone know any accountants who I might be able to bring some value to? Or does anyone have a problem with X? Or could someone comment on Y? Or even quite literally, could someone subscribe to my podcast or rate it or review it or tell your friends or whatever it might be? So it won't directly be, hey, give me my work. <laughs> give me your work, sorry. It'll be an ask. It'll be a say, would you mind, and hopefully doing something that's fairly easy, would you mind raising in conversation that you saw a nice video with a nice lawyer from Sydney um, and if the conversation goes well, would you mind passing the link on or, or something like that? So a fairly gentle ask. Um, but yes, give, give, give. Then if the time is right, you feel, ask. And so it's, it's, it's this point here, this, this, this giving at scale. Um, hopefully that means there's no pressure on one relationship. So if we go back to beers with Julie, right? If we're focusing on using Julie as a referral source and hopefully bringing a lot of value to Julie and being on the phone to Julie and sending Julie an occasional email, hey, Jay, Julie, did you know about Decision Blah? Did you know about Issue X? Um, we're trying to bring value to Julie with the help of um, uh, turning her into a source of referrals rather than a potential source of referrals. Um, if we're doing that, we're probably doing that for Julie, we're probably doing that for Alison, and we're probably doing that for Jonathan. And so each of Julie, Alison, and Jonathan, we're sending emails to, and we're grabbing beers with Julie in January, <laughs> who was it, Tina in February, and Jonathan in March. And then we're rolling around again, we're catching up with Julie for beers in April, and, and Tina for beers in May, and Jonathan for beers in June. And um, we find ourselves committing a lot of time and applying some enthusiasm to these particular relationships. And what I say about the approach I'm using is that I don't need to place heavy reliance on individual relationships. I'm able to be a little bit more hands-off and able to say, hi Julie, hope this helps. And it just floats out into the ether. And if it doesn't, hopefully there are more than three people to whom I am bringing value. So I don't need to really press hard on my three hopeful sources of potential referrals. I can be a little bit gentler just by going through the mechanism I'm about to show you and uh, hopefully reaching more than three people. That's <laughs> reaching more than three people, certainly, certainly the goal. So what actually is the approach? What are we actually doing here? How am I giving at scale? And how am I earning introductions to accountants what are we actually tactically doing here? Well, um, I might just start with a bit of background. So like many, perhaps like you, um, I'd written case notes for law firm websites. Uh, the plaintiff was blah, the defendant was blah, the judge said blah, the outcome is blah. If you've got a problem with blah, please don't hesitate to contact us on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Fine, a case note, a review of a recent legal decision. What I started doing in sort of early, mid 2018 was I used the professional networking website, LinkedIn. And on that website, I um, started writing case notes and I wrote them in a tone that was approachable, I hope, uh, and with content that was reasonably rigorous. So they're fairly short case notes, but I tried to be really legally precise uh, and I tried to make them readable as well. So. It's this um, balance that I call approachable rigor, if it works. Um, and so, look, 
after spending a bit of time on LinkedIn, I started to take value from videos that were being published by other people. And so this sort of got the idea planted in my head of, well, I should do case notes by way of video and I should do them somewhere approachable, somewhere that's easy, somewhere that I'm sort of professionally familiar with when I'm speaking with potential referral sources, and that's a coffee shop. And so the idea of coffee, a nice approachable, easy thing that, that hopefully will be uh, <laughs> pleasant and um, welcome for anyone watching the videos, and a case note, hopefully that rigor, that actual content. So hopefully we've got that combination of approachability and rigorousness, approachable rigor, reasonably well balanced. And anytime I'm talking about the background of this process, um, I need to shout out to Edgardo Sanchez. Um, you're currently on a tripod at the moment. It cost about $3.50. Uh, and until I made that massive investment, um, poor old Ed, um, a wonderful man, who I, I'm not sure he's gone home yet, but a uh, wonderful man, um, he would be sitting there literally holding the phone, recording away, and he is a saint. So what am I actually doing? This is another of those ideas stolen or borrowed or taken or, or adopted or whatever from Gary V, this Gary Vaynerchuk, is I adopt a pillar. So a central idea. If you don't quite understand what that is yet, I hope it's gonna make sense as we progress. So I take this central idea, this pillar, from which various other uh, pieces of content can be derived. And if you're having a think about adopting this approach, I'd encourage you to adopt an external pillar rather than an internal pillar. And I'll come to what I mean when I say that shortly. But my pillars are recent Supreme Court of New South Wales or New South Wales Court of Appeal decisions um, that are in my sort of corporate commercial space. And so I'll adopt the decision of Smith and Smith um, 2019 um, I'll adopt that as a central pillar. And from that pillar, various pieces of content can be derived. And just to plant the seed for you, um, an it is an external pillar because it is me taking a look at some recent decisions in my area. I'm being inspired, as it were, or I'm, I'm deriving my pillar from an external source. It just shows up in the search because it's section 232 of the Corporations Act. If I wanna talk about corporate oppression, bang. What's the most recent decision? Bang, that's my pillar. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, what are six tips for newly appointed directors when in the first three months? I'm not here having to manufacture a pillar out of nowhere, that makes sense. I'm here deriving one from somewhere else. So rather than having to wait for the muse to visit me, I'm able to just say, oh, well, yeah, section 232, click, 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 refresh. Hang on, have I done that one? Oh, no, I haven't done that one. Oh, okay, cool, bang, that's the next pillar. Hope that makes sense. And then essentially, um, the content derived from this pillar is either written, it is either video, which is what I'm recording now, but it might be that you're hearing that on a podcast, so it can also be audio. And we're going to work through how that all works. And I've thrown a link up here to the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, content model, Gary V content model. It's a slide deck and it is pretty amazing. And I'd encourage you to sniff it out if you are intrigued and frankly, to stop listening to this or reading this or watching this and to go find it. But if you haven't done that, let's keep chatting. So thinking about our pillar, one of the areas um, of execution for this pillar is, is LinkedIn. And LinkedIn's a 
professional networking website. Um, and I enjoy the suggestion that it's Facebook, but for even older people. So <laughs> if that makes sense to you, I, I found it fun. Um, essentially, it's for professional networking. So it should be sort of work-related stuff. Um, and for a long time, many of us treated it as a place to park your CV, to go, mm, there's my CV. Hopefully some recruiters read it and send me some jobs. Uh, and that's about the extent of it. But about two years ago or so, it started to become a bit more of a content model where you could be waiting for a coffee and flick through and go, oh yeah, that's a bit interesting. Oh, that's a bit funny. Oh yeah, that's a bit valuable. Um, and you'd start to see content, people publishing valuable things there. Now, what I say um, is that LinkedIn's relevant to me and relevant to you, at least at the time of recording this, um, because our clients, former clients, present clients, future clients are there, or at least some of them. I say colleagues, former, present, future, are there. Um, it's free <laughs> with paid elements if you choose to pursue those. And um, without wanting to run one's practice by paranoia, it's at least worth noting that, that your competitors are there as well. So it's worth bearing in mind. Um, and LinkedIn, as I say here, has served as a primary launch point for my content model or my adoption of the Gary Vaynerchuk content model to give credit where it's due. So what do I do? So remember, we've got my pillar. This is my um, corporate and commercial decision. So I use that pillar to draft a written case note. So that's the original example um, of the mechanism that I referred to before. That's me writing 1,300 characters. Hey, there was a plaintiff. Yep, there was a defendant. Hey, they had an argument. This is what happened. Anyway, thanks. Great. That's one piece of writing that's on LinkedIn. So we've got a pillar. We've got one piece of content. Second thing I do is I use that same pillar to record a video of the case note in a coffee shop. Let me just run through the logistics of that. I go to the coffee shop, that's, <laughs> that's a necessary prerequisite. Um, I pay my money, I ask them if it's okay if I record over in that little bit over there. Set up the tripod, set up the phone, set up the microphone. This is called a Rode Smart Lav microphone and it is on an extension cord. And the only reason I'm being oblique about that um, is because it took a long time to find a microphone that worked as well as the Rode Smart Lav. And I'm not being paid by Rode, although if they wanted to sling me, uh, I don't know, a very, very substantial amount of money, they're welcome to, but um, they certainly don't need to because I've found this easy to use and you might find it easy to use as well. All right, so we're there in the coffee shop. We've put up a tripod, we've got our phone recording, we've clicked in our microphone, bop, bop, bop and we are recording. Now, what are we recording? Remember, we're back to this pillar. We've got our decision. We've got our LinkedIn type notes from it. We're now in the coffee shop with a small coffee this size, well, sorry, this size in front of us. Sorry, it'll generally be small little piccolo. We're having a sip. And I'm recording the case note in the form of a video and I'm trying to be approachable and I'm trying to be rigorous. I don't really rehearse, I don't want to spend a lot of time setting up, so I just come in, mic up, one take, bang, go. I don't do notes, I just come in and I go. So literally, I'll, the video file will have me starting with my head down like this, um, and then when I'm ready to go, I'll lean my head up, and then I'll go, hi there, I'm James Dafferty, blah, 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 one time there was a patient, a plaintiff, one time there was a defendant, one time there was an argument, one time there was a judgment, and hope that helped, cheers, bye. 
then I'm still recording, right? Then my head goes down, I don't stop recording. My head comes up again, and I record this 45 second preview, right? I go, hey guys, just recorded a case note. It was about this crazy plaintiff and crazy defendant and crazy judgment. Hope you like it, bye. Then I go head down again. Then I go head up again. And I have another chat. I go, hey guys, how funny a podcast. Please go subscribe to mine. And then I go head down. And so I've then got a video file with that five minute chat about the case. Remember, and then I've got a little bit where my head's down. Then my head comes up again. I've got a little 45 second promo preview. Then my head's down and my head's up again. And then I've got a little one minute chit chat, right? So let's turn back to our pillar. Our pillar's given us one written thing on LinkedIn. It's given us one five minute video. It's given us one 45 second video. It's given us one minute, minute and a half, two minute, whatever, chit chatty video, yeah? So each of those goes up on LinkedIn. That's four pieces of content. Hopefully each of which are bringing value to my, to my accountants who I love so much um, or to your people who you're trying to speak to. Four bits, okay. Um, and then um, while we're on LinkedIn, my interaction strategy is that um, I, don't, I don't make a lot of time to send connection requests these days, but, but, but if I did, I would be sniffing out relevant people who might be senior-ish, but perhaps senior junior and junior enough to actually have the time to interact with me um, at, um, at spots that I would like to um, bring value to in future and to sort of think of as, as somewhere that might, that might be people who I want to interact with in future. Um, I accept most connection requests, a commanding majority of them. And um, another um, point of view stolen from Gary Vaynerchuk is this $1.80 strategy. It's where you make useful and substantive, genuine comments, not like, yeah, sick, fire emoji, or yeah, you got it this time, blogsy type comments, actual comments of substance on the posts relevant to target people. So what I'm doing, and I say I'm doing, I'm probably not making enough time to do this, but I should. What I should be doing is finding posts from accounts that are relevant to accountants. And I should then be taking the time to say, all right, um, here's what I think about blah. Yes, this is very, very good. One, two, three, four, here are my views. And hopefully a comment of genuine substance that contributes to the conversation. The reason for this is that if it is a post relevant to accountants, they're hopefully seeing me make relevant, useful comments for them. If it is posted from an account relevant to accountants, hopefully that is an account that sees me as someone doing stuff that's relevant to them. And hopefully, frankly, I'm just employing the same strategy of bringing value, sending it out there and seeing what happens. YouTube, so back to our pillar. This is a strategy that I try to engage in each week, right? One, one pillar, one decision per week. What have we got? We've got our written LinkedIn. We've got our five minute LinkedIn. We've got our 45 second preview LinkedIn. We've got our minute and a half chit chat LinkedIn. We've now got the five minute on YouTube. So that's five pieces of content. And I use that as a fairly useful backlog because sometimes people say nice things. They say, oh, James, I, I enjoy your videos. And my reply is, um, thanks. It's, it's really nice to hear. Um, thanks. If you found that one helpful, tell you what, here's a link to the YouTube channel where there are about 45 other ones, or I'm, I'm not sure what we're up to now. But essentially, it becomes a back catalogue. Um, yes, that, that's YouTube. Um, podcast is an interesting one. And again, again, this is an idea stolen, taken, adopted from, uh, with respect to, with love to, Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, it's this disarming idea. It's you rip 
the audio from the longer form video. Remember the five minute one where you've actually got your content about the case? When I say rip it, um, depending on what video software you're using, you can go click, click, save as audio, bang. You rip that. You use an app called Anchor, and I understand there are other ones, one called Wooshka or something, but I use Anchor and I think it's amazing. Um, you rip that and it automatically, or within hours, once you've set up your various accounts, it uploads that audio to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any other podcast provider. There are nine or 10, right? So let's turn back to what we've got. I mean, the podcast point I think is pretty amazing. So we've got our pillar decision. So my pillars are our case, we've got our LinkedIn writing, our LinkedIn five minute, our LinkedIn 45 second, our LinkedIn minute and a half, our YouTube full length, a podcast on nine locations. So we are up to what, 14, 15 pieces of content? And just while we're on our podcast, if you're someone who gives CLEs, um, I would encourage, and, and please give your CLE provider notice to say, look, would you be able to give me the audio of the CLE or would you forgive me recording it as a voice memo, frankly? I'm just recording as a voice memo and you take that voice memo and you upload it and it's a 55 minute podcast that is just you flexing, showing your expertise in your area. Um, I think that's a good idea too. Uh, blogging, yes. Um, so if I was better organized, um, I would be taking this written LinkedIn content and making it marginally less chatty and having it hosted as a blog as well because that would then give me um, just another piece for my content to be at. And you can include a link to the YouTube video and include a link to the podcast and it could sort of become a, a bit of a self, um, self-replicating, self not quite the snake eating itself hopefully, but um, a bit of a community creating sort of exercise. It's not something I do, but it's something you might like to consider. Um, Instagram. So I take the long, the five minute case note and convert it into this IGTV format which requires me to take it from the square with the words underneath and to lengthen it out into, I think it's 1920 by 1080 and then uploading that to IGTV. Um, and then otherwise I'm taking photographs of coffees or photographs of sort of lighthearted, professional adjacent situations. So hopefully if you pop on my, onto my Instagram, it doesn't just feel like a copy paste of me just dumping YouTube content there or dumping Facebook content there. Hopefully it feels like an Instagram account and you can go there and you can say, oh yeah, this is James Case Nones down in one column. I've tried to, I've, I've started to really enjoy um, having uh, one column of the substantive case notes, the five minute chats, one column of photo, photos of a coffee I've had that week, hey, this is a coffee, uh, and one column of whatever silly joke photograph I want to take. So hopefully it's sort of a reflection of um, the legal rigor chit chat case note, the fact that we're here for coffees and the fact that I also have a personality like everyone, like you, um, and, and there's a bit of an expression there. So hopefully um, uh, uh, I'm able to bring some value with Instagram. And frankly, it's, it's, it's a fun place. And I also use Instagram stories, which are quite disposable to be um, even lighter hearted about you know being irritated with the editing process or just filming the Apple wheel of doom as I'm trying to edit the um, whatever video I've recorded late at night. So trying to bring some value there as well. Um, Facebook, I upload the videos there and try to respond to comments. Um, without an advertising spend, the um, reach of Facebook is fairly poor. So I tend to just drop there and go, hey, there we go, it's up on Facebook as well. I've ticked that box. 
I'm not devoting a lot of time and effort to Facebook. Um, but that said, my understanding of the Facebook advertising um, engine interface is that it's really uh, um, finely calibratable. So that if I were to spend, not much, spend a $50 spend, $100 spend, or, or some moderately small amount, um, I would be able to say, uh, accountants aged 26 through 38, uh, Sydney metropolitan area, and woof, the latest video would be promoted to them. I understand that's possible. I've been told boosting posts is not particularly valuable. This is all me reporting things that I have no knowledge about because I haven't really dived into Facebook too deeply. But if you think about what we're doing, remember we're back to our pillar in one week. We've got one <laughs> written on LinkedIn, three vids on LinkedIn, one vid on YouTube, 10 podcasts, Instagram, we've got three bits of content for the wall. We've got as many Instagram stories as we want to put up. We're on Facebook putting up each of those three videos. So we're well past 20 pieces of content for the week. Um, and then Twitter, I'll occasionally upload the short preview videos, but frankly with Twitter at the moment, it's more of a conversational platform and um, it's not really conducive to going in dropping. You guys know those Twitter accounts where you're like, I wonder what this person thinks. And you go, and it's just a list of links to articles, and you go, well, what, what, what am I doing here? Basically, that's all my Twitter account <laughs> looks like with an occasional joke thrown in. Um, I think um, if you were to devote time and effort to Twitter, it would be about leaping into conversations and hoping to contribute to recent developments in the law or recent developments in the news and your views on them. I'm just not sophisticated enough and haven't allocated my time in the right way to really bring value on Twitter. Um, so what are the results? Um, we won't spend too long on this because it's actually pivoted to be a bit more substantial since I wrote this, but um, in short, um, it's this maintenance point that I really want to come to. And in fact, some of these have really fallen away, but the maintenance point I really want to linger on. So remember how um, we, saw, we spoke about our problem of how do we maintain a number of relationships how do we make sure we're in the mix for a number of different referrals? Well, the way that I might have done that before engaging in this project would be um, beers and coffees and lunches and beers and coffees and lunches and, and you might be a golf day person or whatever it might be. And those things are good fun, although they can be. I, I imagine golf days are pretty boring, but I, that's a matter for you. Um, but in essence, um, it demands a lot of time. And it's time away from whatever. It's time away from work. You might be desperate to get back to work and do some work or your family or, or um, uh, uh, writing fan fiction for the Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever it is that floats your boat. Um, and so the idea of scaling that effort uh, and of scaling the effort of doing a really heavy-duty niche CLE, you've spent a lot of time working on drafting a talk, you've spent a long time drafting, um, I think there's value in that. So it's that real scalability maintenance point that I think's um, valuable. Oh, and that kind of what's next point. So as this project's pro progressed, I've sort of come to feel a little bit oriented in many of these different platforms. Like, mm, I think I know what people, broadly speaking, are up to on LinkedIn. Mm, I think I know what people, to an extent, are up to on Instagram. Mm, I think I know a tiny bit about Facebook. I think I know a tiny bit about Twitter. I think I know a tiny bit about YouTube. The point is not to dominate any of those. Um, the point, sorry, one of the points or one of the benefits is that I suspect that when the next thing comes, whatever the next thing happens to be, uh, contact lenses we all wear that 
project another person in the room or whatever, um, that I'll be marginally better equipped to pounce on that because I've got oriented marginally better than some um, in the current landscape. So currently, so I've now got a TikTok account, which I think has two followers if you're inclined to join the party. Um, and I've applied for a LinkedIn Live account and we'll see if either of those things mean anything to anyone in a week's time or whether they've exploded and got big or imploded and gone down or, or whatever. But that next thing orientation, I think is a genuine possible benefit. So that's me. Now, let me spin around and talk about um, how you might like to be oriented. If you accept the thesis of this chat, that clients aren't moving online, they've moved, then I suspect you accept that using the internet in building your practice demands your attention. I hope uh, we've made, made good enough friends that you and I agree about that. I suspected immediately adopting my approach of every week getting a pillar, doing a LinkedIn, doing a YouTube, doing a Twitter, doing an Instagram, doing a burner, doing a this, doing a this. That's a bit intimidating and it's taken me nine or ten months to build this machine into its current form. So what do I suggest that you do? Um, I propose you do two things. Thing one, choose a pillar. And if you want to steal mine, steal mine. Uh, if you want to steal a similar one yours, you might be a family lawyer and you might say, hey, a lot of family decisions coming down that are of value, I want to do them. You might have views about how to correct a, a golf swing. You might have views about how to land three-pointers. You might have views about how creative writing is changing for the worse. You might have views about alternative dispute resolution, whatever it is. Take that. So that's your one sort of pillar. And then choose one place to publish. So if you feel like, yeah, Instagram, I'm on there personally and I enjoy it, so I'm just gonna start adding my thoughts on ADR. I'm gonna do that. I'm on my pillar. My pillar is thinking about ADR and I'm gonna talk about that from time to time. And I say, do it, because in my submission, a machine that is moving, even if it's not a 100% perfect machine, is more valuable than the machine that has not started yet. So if, you, if you've actually got a strategy that kind of has a little bit of thought behind it and a little bit of momentum to it, what I suggest to you is that there's a little more value in that than rubbing your chin and saying, oh, is Instagram really the place? Mm, maybe this, maybe, oh, yes, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes. That's my suggestion, I'll leave it with you. So your place might be, yep, a blog. Or your place might be a podcast. Or your place might be a beautiful image on the gram of a sunset and like, hey, isn't ADR the craziest? <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, so choosing a pillar and one place. And the next step is just do it. And so do it in some regular way that works. So every fortnight, another pillar, another Instagram post. Great. Another fortnight, another pillar, another Instagram post. Then life gets busy, maybe three weeks, another pillar, another Instagram post. And um, it's that regularity, that sort of momentum where it just becomes a part of your practice that I've found quite beneficial for me. It sort of means that your head is not in the space of saying, oh, I need to start doing this crazy thing. It's like, oh yeah, hang on, what time of the week is it? Yeah, okay, I've got to get to that, ho-hum. Um, it just becomes part of the rhythm of your week. And then gradually add steps. <laughs> so there we are, your beautiful photo of a sunset, and your Instagram post. Well, you've done the hard work of taking a photo. 
you've done the hard work of thinking some lovely thoughts about it, let's just take that same photo and just expand slightly on those thoughts and it's a blog post and all of a sudden, wackadoo, we are publishing meaningfully about ADR or golf swings or three pointers or whatever and we're doing it in two places and we're doing it regularly and the wheels are turning and what I then say is once the wheels are turning, you sort of maintain what's turning and then you try to add another step. And so my view is if we come back to the legal sphere that you are rarely as on top of a case or on top of your thoughts on ADR or on top of your six tips that all trustees must blah, 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 whatever it is, you are rarely as on top of the content as when you click send to publish um, and get your blog up there. So I say that may well be the time if you're inclined to whip out the phone, whip out the Rode Smart Lab <laughs> microphone. Still, <laughs> I'm still waiting on that sponsorship. Um, plug it in, set it up and have a chat because it's fresh in your head. You've thought it through a number of times. You've refined it a lot and you're ready to go. And then if you do that, why not just bend your head down and say, hey guys, did something a bit crazy and published a video. I'm going to put it up here tomorrow, so I hope you enjoy it. And then what you've got is two different videos. You've got your short little one saying, ooh, I hope this is okay. Chuck that up on Monday. Cool. You've got your big long one that is your actual content. Chuck that up on Wednesday. And then on Friday, you can say, how funny is it publishing videos, you guys? If you've got any thoughts on future videos, let me know. And so it may even be that um, having done your blog post and your Instagram account and then your video, and then your preview from the video, and then a quick chatty little question that you've actually found yourself with a content model that you're able to, without monstrous amounts of work, incorporate into your practice. Because what I can promise you, speaking directly from personal experience, is if you have built a machine that requires too much to maintain or too much editing or too much refinement or too many people to leave and go set up or too much equipment or too much this, too much that, it'll just end up grinding to a halt. Um, there's a reason why I've never been on this with anyone else and the only person really who's been directly involved with it has been Ed and he was involved with it for six weeks holding a phone with all thanks to Ed. Um, uh, if you choose to embark on this, choose to embark on it in a way that works for you is my suggestion. Um, the other sort of gloss I want to add as we think about your pillar and the things we're adding to them, because don't forget we had your pillar, you're doing your nice sunset and your Instagram post, then we had your pillar, we're doing the sunset and the blog post, and then we had your pillar and you're doing the video with the preview that was going on LinkedIn and then the question about future topics. Well, we're also putting that video and that preview up on Facebook. And don't forget that we ripped the audio, didn't we? Didn't you? You ripped the audio and put that on your podcast and it went up to nine different locations. And um, in between then, you had a couple of Instagram stories of setting up to take a photo of a sunset. And then all of a sudden, you have a model that allows itself to keep working. And let's say you're looking for business from me, and let's say I'm tossing up between you who I've never met, uh, Blogsy down the street whose uh, firm has a brand name I've heard of, and um, Blogsy who I went to a, um, a, um, a, a, a private school with. I say that without the content model you've put in place, you have zero chance of competing with Blogsy down the street or Smithy from school. I say because you've done all that, you marginally come into the mix. And let's say the matter I'm worried about is about golf swings. And you've got all this golf swing stuff out. Blogsy says, oh yeah, I know a bit about golf swings. Smithy says, our firm does everything. And then you're sitting here, you've taught me everything I know about golf swings. Well, you're then putting genuine thoughts into my head about 
if it's a matter for me or it might be a matter for my client, I might be sitting here saying, well, you know, <laughs> I've learned a lot about golf swings from these very, this person who's publishing these accounts. That's a good brand name over there, fine. Um, that's a good friend over there down the street, fine. This is also a good spot to talk about golf swings, whatever it might be. And so that's essentially the heart of it. Just hopefully minor, in a minor way, increasing your prospects of being considered. That's certainly the way I think of it for myself. Some resources. Um, so uh, what I hope is that um, if you took any value from this, or if you were at the start, you just turned it off and went to find every single thing Gary Vaynerchuk has ever done because he is utterly, totally, and completely amazing. I encourage you to find him, um, chase him down, read and watch everything he's done, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, can I encourage you to check out a couple of other resources as well? Mitch Jackson, lovely lawyer from Southern California who I suspect has a great marathon time. He's always running and he's, he's, a, he's a lovely guy to deal with um, interpersonally, but he's also a lovely um, presence in his socials. He's sort of a warm, smiling presence and, and he's smart. So pretty good, pretty good combo. Um, he's got a book out that's useful. He's also got a podcast and this sort of thing. And Chris Hargraves, who I think I shouted out earlier as well, um, he has a podcast up that is a series of five-minute little grabs, and it's just super digestible. So if you're staring down a 45-minute podcast of the 10 things you should be doing for your practice, it's easy to feel like, you're yeah, right. <laughs> um, the strength of this digital marketing mastery for lawyers podcast is it's step-by-step, one-by-one, little click-by-click um, approach. There's other stuff. I'm really enjoying the Beyond Billables um, podcast as well. From Michael Bromley hosts. That's a, sort of an insight into um, how um, other lawyers are running their practices that might assist you too. But um, there's heaps of cool stuff. That's the end of the chat I had for you today. Um, this whole thing, you can see my phone's on Do Not Disturb. That's handy. Let's just do this. Um, the whole point of this chat today, guys, was to give you a bit of a resource um, and to allow me to say, look, if you're interested in what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing. Bang, <laughs> here's this video. So I hope, or indeed, here's this podcast if you're listening. Um, so what I hope is that um, as my voice gets drier and raspier uh, as the evening wears on, um, uh, what I hope is that there's value here for you. And I uh, hope you have a great day. And pff, it's about the end of it. Thanks for taking the time and thanks for spending it with me.